We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Ah, yes, we really are the middle children of history, aren't we, folks? Yeah, you know, I I was thinking the other day just how, uh, for those people who were teenagers during the 80s, what a raw deal we got. Really? I mean, we we missed out on free love and summer love and sexual revolution of the 70s and weed and uh coke and uh all those fun things that you see people like you know dancing at studio 54 and yet we get just say no to drugs we get aids aids awesome i'm trying to you know get my sexual revolution going on here and we gotta attend uh you know seminars once a week about Hey, it's AIDS, everybody. Look. Oh, fantastic. As if the members-only jacket and the aviator glasses were not enough of a uh, suppressant for uh, girls taking their panties off. Goodness knows, uh, AIDS and and uh, people yelling about how uh, uh, your dick is going to explode and, and, uh, and uh, sex is going to kill you every other weekend. Yeah, that that was just fantastic. Thanks a lot for that. And not only do we get screwed on the on everything that came before us, we get screwed on everything that comes after us. Like I I graduated with a broadcasting degree. Like 2 years out of college, the digital revolution comes in. I had been trained trying to get a job at like, you know, a big recording studio with big, you know, 2-inch tape and reel to reel and all. No. In about six months since they announced, you know, the new ADAT SVHS audio recorder, six months after that, people were going bankrupt. Nobody was having big recording studios anymore. Everybody was buying this stuff themselves. And I, even I did that. And it was just like, oh my God, we just got so screwed. And then the internet comes along. And I, I could have, I could have been, you know, I could have been trained in that. I could have gotten a job doing that, but you know, I don't know. And sort of I did, but oh, it was just born too late, born too early. But hey, enough of that. I am not going to be complaining anymore in this podcast. Well, I mean, it's not going to be all about me complaining. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it's, I, and, and in fact, I'm going to show you how much restraint I have. I listened to a few more podcasts this week and all of their audio was terrible. It, and I just, I couldn't listen anymore. It was so bad. But no, it's it's only the annoying whine of my voice that will make you turn this off. I promise you, it will not be the audio quality. I, I even turned off uh, a couple of things in the room because the fans were so loud. Uh, that's the dedication I have to this. But no, uh, I have discovered that really complaining about stuff doesn't really get you very far because 
people are going to do what they're going to do, right? It's not going to make any difference. I remember I heard um, uh, Henry Rollins. He he did a whole media tour. Uh, and one of the things clearly in the press kit was, U2 has the worst rhythm section I've ever heard. I mean, I heard him do this on like three different interviews. So somebody, it wasn't that they were getting around. It was like, here's things you can talk to Henry about. I hate U2. It's like, really, dude? Really? Is anybody going to stop listening to U2? Like one of the most beloved bands for God knows what reason. But I'm not complaining. Of the last 20 years? Really? Is anybody going to stop who's a fan? No. Because, oh, because Henry Rollins? And, and I guarantee you, people who listen to U2 are not looking for Henry Rollins for musical advice. I mean, not to say it's bad, but take that time you have in front of that microphone, that precious time, because you're only getting a couple of minutes, and use it to promote the things that you like. Now, I know it's fun to talk smack. I love doing it. I love hearing people do it, but your time is so precious and you're not going to change anybody. Just throw something out there that you like. Whenever I see one of my friends that I haven't seen in a long time, I say, what are you excited about? I, I don't I don't monkey around with this. Well, tell me about the last movie you saw or now what bands are you listening to? No, because it might not be that. Just tell me something you're excited about. I've had friends tell me about ice cream they really dig, uh, restaurants and man- bands and movies and whatever, and just throw it out there. And in fact, I'm throwing it out there on, on the uh, forum at UGTV.org. Uh, click on the forum button. And uh, one, of the, one of the threads, one of the rooms, I guess, is tell me something you're excited about. And we can all discuss it. We can all try it out, see what, we, what uh, each one of us thinks. Oh, and uh, of course, you can subscribe now to the podcast via iTunes. I have to get that out there as well. Um, so, okay, and you will get fun audio problems like me whacking my hand into the microphone. So, okay, still nothing perfect. And if I had just taken those voice lessons that my grandfather wanted me to, I'd still sound exactly like this. Exactly. Maybe if I get my deviated septum fixed. So, oh yeah, anyway, so throw it up there. What are you excited about? Um, and in, and in this sort of... I don't know, mode of uh, trying to get the positive out there. I- I've been noticing th- that the way we remember the past is really peculiar. And most of the time, it's sort of romanticizing things that should not be romanticized. Right. You know, it's, oh, the good old days of typewriters. Really typewriters? You know, I was listening to NPR. Some guy was complaining that he missed the mechanical bang of the keys of the typewriter. Yeah, because carbon paper was so much fun. And those keys, when you type too fast, and they all jam up together. And you got to stick your hands in there. And then they get all carbony and stuff all over them. Awesome. This is fantastic. You make one mistake on a page. You got to retype the whole damn thing. Oh, can't wait. This is the best. Woo, typewriters. No, they suck. And that's the thing, is that people constantly misremembering the past. Um, but, but when, when people romanticize it, at least, and, and it's not just typewriters, it's, uh, it's stuff like uh, the golden age of television. Ooh, television. Really? Black and white, uh, jokes that, you know, were funny 50 years ago that are just not funny now. And boy, comedy in general 
does not hold up. It has got a serious expiration date. Even some of the greatest stand-ups, unless they were way ahead of their time, you go back and you listen to this stuff now and you're like, eh, shrug. Um, and, and it's interesting too because I look at the cartoons of my childhood and I romanticize them and be like, oh, those were great. But what I'm really doing is I'm saying, God, I loved Bugs Bunny. And Bugs Bunny wasn't created in the 70s. It was created in the 40s. And I love the hell out of Bugs Bunny. Uh, but all the other cartoons in my childhood were terrible, right? So it is this kind of peculiar selectiveness that we have. Um, and another show that really is a victim of being misremembered is Land of the Lost. Even my own mother hates Land of the Lost. And she was there. Well, I mean, not there, but, you know, she was there. She was an adult while I was watching it. And I love Land of the Lost because when you go back and watch it, yes, of course, Land of the Lost, terribly acted, um, horribly underfunded. Uh, you know, it's, it was the 70s. There were no special effects. But... They got all the, the unemployed Star Trek writers, all those people who wrote all the classic original series Star Treks that got fired in, what, 69. Uh, they hired them, uh, Hannah, or, uh, Sid and Marty Croft hired them in 71, and they wrote these amazingly complex sci-fi scripts. Even Walter Koenig, the guy who play, wrote, uh, played Chekhov on the show, he wrote um, one of my favorites. It, it's, it's a show that suffers because people saw it as a kid and they don't remember or, or they couldn't comprehend how interesting the scripts were. So they just label it as garbage because you know, the the poor production value and, and the really terrible acting and the, you know, other problems that it had. But really a fantastic show. So this is something that I'm, I maybe I'll put this in the uh, what are you excited about section. Because everybody who cares about sci-fi should really give this uh, show a second look. And I haven't seen the new movie. I heard it was uh, not good. Oh, but and, oh, and... I defy anybody to show me anything that's ever been on TV that's scarier than Sleestacks. Except for that one weird inbred episode of the X-Files. That was a little creepy. But no, I still say Sleestacks are scarier. And what's even weirder than that is they never hurt anybody. They would grab, you know, the 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 marshals and you know wrestle them a little bit but nobody ever got hit with a crossbow nobody got their head blown off they were just very slow moving seven foot tall arm waving critters fantastic okay so uh speaking of history and trying to remember things properly uh last week i indicated that um, I was going to talk about something that uh, happened to me a while ago and and people are still asking me questions about. So, and because I've never really, I've never really described what went on, um, I think I'll give it a shot. So, in the year 2000, I was on the Howard Stern Show. And I was on because of the uh, song parody contest they were doing at the time. And uh, when, when they announced it, I was... I was all over it. I was like, oh, I gotta, and I was, I was trying to write song, one song a day was my challenge to myself. Cause I thought 
Maybe I can just bowl them over with numbers. Maybe if I just throw enough out there, uh, they'll like at least one of them. So uh, I was working on all this stuff. It was okay. It wasn't great. But I, I was behind because I was having a lot of trouble with this um, Destiny's Child song parody that I was working on. It just wasn't coming together. And so I said, well, I've got to do something because I can't fall behind on my, you know, one episode or one song a day quota. So what I did was I was driving home in my car and I thought, well, you know, trying to come up with ideas. I got to think of something, got to think of something. And I just started, you know, just throwing out lines and stuff. And I came up with Jackie is a drunk, a big, stupid drunk. And I thought, well, okay, well, what else can you say about Jackie? And I just started picking things from Jackie's life that, you know, that they had commented on on the show. And, and I just tried to incorporate as many as I could. And I was like, great, great. And, and I went home <laughs> For some reason, now I can't remember why I chose as my uh, musical accompaniment to be a tambourine, but that was it. It was me and the tambourine, and that was the only thing on the track. Um, and I'll uh, I'll post a link to the the end result uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, uh, probably uh, in the podcast section. So I, I I even messed up halfway through the song, but I said, oh, no, that's fine. It's it's part of its charm that uh, it it have this sort of mistake in it, and I also felt like, well, I got to keep going with you know this other songs that I haven't quite finished yet. So I. <laughs> I mail it off and I was frantic to mail it off because they had already had a bunch of people and I thought, ah, I really need to get mine out as soon as possible. And of course, the next week they're just on vacation. So I just had to sit and stew for a while, hoping that they would hear it when they came back. So they get back and I clearly put my money on the right horse because they, I think a lot of people had submitted Gary songs. Um, and I think he was really the big target that year and not too many people had done Jackie songs. And I'm not really sure why, cause he is the ultimate punching bag on that show. So I, I had, you know, done this Jackie song and they loved it just instantly. They loved it and, and just used it as fodder to just pile on Jackie about every, weird little thing that he's had go wrong in his life. And so, so Howard Stern was immediately into it, which, you know, I'm sure swayed a lot of the callers because it wasn't, it's not a good song. It's just, I got really, really lucky in the sense that they liked what, what I had to say. I mean, it's not, it's, it's as technically low tech as you can get, but anyway, so I'm at work in this at this terrible job that I don't like, uh, and uh, I hear them announce the finalists. And as soon as I heard my name, I freaked out, and I ran to the bathroom, which was way down the hall. And I just had to get there as soon as I could because I just couldn't contain myself anymore. And I'm like punching the air, and I'm, you know, fortunately the bathroom was empty, and uh, I got to freak out all by myself. Which, by the way. If you ever need to go somewhere 
but and and hide out the bathroom is a pretty good place now you have to be a little strategic you have to go to parts of of the building which maybe are under construction or uh, maybe have fewer people on it. I used to go in a different job. I used to go down two floors because there were a lot fewer dudes on that floor than any other floor. And uh, therefore, I had a better chance of getting um, a completely uninterrupted bathroom experience, which is so much better than, you know, just... Being in a room with a bunch of dudes trying to do your, trying to do your thing, man. It's really, it cramps my style. But anyway, back to the story. So they fly us out, me and the wife, and, uh, and we get to New York. Uh, we, we get on the thing and, uh, they had picked. This is this is why I I, got, I also got really got lucky this year uh, because this is the last year they really did this when they picked the finalists for this contest on the Howard Stern show they picked people who they wanted to meet they didn't necessarily pick the best songs there were actually other people who had done some really good songs but you know they picked me just because Jackie. Uh, was a big target and a big punching bag. They picked this other guy who did this song, Dancing in the Sheets, because they wanted to know what kind of weird sicko would write this song. Um, there's a, a guy who wrote a song. I can't remember what it's parodying, but it's called Sister's Pubic Hair. And they were just like, we have got to meet these freaks. And sadly for them, except for one guy out of the, I think there were five of us, one guy out of the five um, none of us were really all that weird. There was one guy who was a school teacher, in fact, who had to wear a mask because he didn't want, uh, his, he didn't want to be discovered as, you know, he didn't want anybody watching the E channel at the time and saying, Hey, look, there's my school teacher. And then, you know, word getting out and him getting fired. Uh, cause he was the guy, uh, well, I, I don't want to say what song he wrote, but yeah, he was one of the freaks. Um, so we had this collection of of people, and one of the one of the great things uh, that got passed up uh, along the way was there was a guy who wrote a song called "Your Mouth's So Horrible," and it's about Gary. And um, it, by the way, if anybody has a copy of "Your Mouth's So Horrible," I would love it. I would love to get that because that is a song um, that. I've never heard since, but I loved it because the guy did this Joe Cocker impression and boy, did he sell it. He was so into it and, it and he did a really good Joe Cocker impression as my memory, which may be untrue as we are discovering, uh, believes. So uh, we're in the green room, all, uh, I think there was 10 of us because there was, you know, every contestant plus one, you know, wife, girlfriend, whoever. And, uh, we're we're sitting there, and uh, Gary walks in, and he's getting our name and making sure the the song matches the name, and um, he gets to me and I, I say my name and I say you know I, I did Jackie is a drunk and he just looks at me and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> which was great because it was like 
Okay, you're the guy. And, 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 uh, I don't know, you know, listening to the show, I don't know if Gary was just so happy that they were picking on Jackie or so happy they weren't picking on him at that moment. Uh, because really, uh, the key to that show is deflection more than anything else. Because as long as the, the, uh, magnifying glass is not on you, it's a great day. Um, but, uh, so, so the other funny thing that happened in the green room is he's going around getting everybody's name and song, and, uh, he gets to the guy who did, uh, Your Mouth's So Horrible, and, uh, he says, uh, am I, I can't remember what his name was, I think it was Chris, and he goes, yeah, my name is Chris, and, uh, Your Mouth is So Horrible, and I did the song, Your Mouth is So Horrible, which I thought was really funny, that made me laugh. Um, so, um, you know, we, we get out there, we do our thing, they, they award the prizes. Oh, and, and my whole strategy, by the way, of, oh, I'm gonna do a ton of songs and then that's gonna get me in this. Yeah, there were like every, you know, um, there was one guy who did like twice as many songs and he had gotten, you know, two of his in the finals, but they only picked one just because they wanted to have, you know, more people in there and whatnot. But anyway, um, and, and, and I, so for those of you who don't know, the end of the story is I actually win because I had picked Jackie. And, uh, you know, I think what, what I learned from this whole thing is that simple is really better. You know, I, I could have done more, but it turns out I didn't really have to. And then I guess the other, uh, other thing to learn from this is know your audience, um, because, you know, if I had picked any other song, nobody would have cared. Um, but, oh, and then the other thing that people always ask me about uh, this whole chain of events is, um, uh, you know, what was everybody like? Or is everybody like what they are, um, you know, on the show versus behind the scenes? And I will tell you, um, y- yes and no. I mean, um Unfortunately, Fred was too busy running commercials. He couldn't say anything. Jackie, after I won, he walked past us. He was not thrilled. He was, he was annoyed by the whole thing. Uh, just kind of, and, and brushed past us. And he said something, he said something like, oh, it's a mob scene in here or something like that. And he walked by. He was like, okay, whatever. Robin Quivers, though, comes out of her little booth and, you know, shook all of our hands and was very nice. She's very short. I was surprised how short she was. But, but really the person who is like you want him to be is Gary Delabate. Because when we were back in the green room, he, he is exactly like you'd want him to be. He's the guy who you would talk to him and you would shout out something. Because a lot of the guys that that were uh, with me, they were all East Coast people. So, you know, people from Washington, D.C., where Howard Stern started or got popular. And, uh, and you know, from New York area before he was syndicated. And so they would throw out, hey, remember this? You remember the, the funeral for that guy and this and on? And, and Gary's like, oh, yeah, that was great. And he was really everything you wanted him to be, which was so great because that's what you want in life, right? Like, you have this image and you know i mean i'm sure not everybody's like this but i i love celebrities and of course you know you always want to like hang out with your favorite celebrity but you don't if they're going to be a jerk about it you want them to be fun and gary just loves talking about the show 
Um, and, and, and it was, it was really fantastic. Um, so that was, um, one of the, uh, big highlights of my life, uh, was getting to be on the Howard Stern show and sort of be validated, you know, in some way, uh, uh, by something creative I had done. And, and really I'm just looking for validation, you know, my entire life. So it's always nice when it comes. And speaking of history, it's weird how you think things are locked in place the way you remember them, right? Like myself, I see myself every day, and so I don't see the subtle changes that happen over time. I, I know I look different than I did in high school, but in my head, I don't. To, you know, okay, I've lost a little bit of hair, and, uh, you know, maybe I've, I've certainly got more facial hair now than I did in high school, but pretty much I think I look the same. Uh, and I just recently went to my high school reunion. Maybe it was five years or 10 years or 20 years, but that's not important. What's important is, is all those images that not only you have of yourself, but of everybody else and not just how they look. Although I was stunned how old I thought everybody looked. I was like, wow, am I this old? Damn, you people have not held up. Of course, I didn't say that to their faces, and they won't listen to this, so that's fine. But, um, and of course, everybody was very nice. Oh, look how good everybody looks. No, not really. Um, I, I'm sort of a wash. You know, I feel like I'm in better shape now, but I've got more of a gut, and I have thinner hair, but I'm not wearing that members-only jacket anymore. Awesome. So, you know, I'm about the same. Uh, but what's weird, too, is that your imprint of what people are like. You just think, well, that guy was an idiot in high school. He must be that same immature goofball that he was, you know, last we saw him at 18. And they're not. It's really stunning how just people mellow out. And and this is the crazy bit is, I think I'm pretty much like I was at 18 mentally. Like, I'm still super angry about stupid stuff, and I love video games, and, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty much me. But maybe I'm different. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> so you go, and, and this is a good tip for the younger listeners. By the way, you shouldn't be too young if you're listening to this, but it's that don't worry these idiots won't be idiots forever. And in a way, it's a little disappointing because you're kind of like, I want that idiot to still be an idiot and unsuccessful and I'm going to go and show him how cool I am. And meanwhile, of course, I'm unemployed and I don't have a cool job and, you know, it's not, I'm not cool at all. Um, but what was fun about the high school reunion, of course, was you get to resolve these bits of history that were never quite clear. So, you know, in high school, there's a ton of rumors swirling around and what is, what is all this? And, and I heard so-and-so did that. And, and it's great because you can go and just ask these people. And because there isn't all this drama and monkey business about it, you can just say, look, what, what's, what, what, what happened with this? In fact, uh, I got to ask some people, uh, I said, you know, uh, did you show up drunk to the last day of, of uh, creative writing class? And the answer was, uh, what do you mean just once? Just that last time? Yeah, probably. I mean, we were, we were on something most of the time. And, uh, 
it was I just a quick story uh, about why I asked that. Um, <laughs> we were this was uh, we had this ridiculous creative writing teacher who thought we were going to learn something. Um, she did not realize, I guess, that the guy who taught this class before her um, got a reputation as being the world's easiest teacher, probably because he was. And he, he, people would take the class because the class was just so easy. I mean, you just show up and you'd plagiarize some stuff and you'd turn it in and nobody hassled you and nobody actually made you learn anything. It was no big deal. And I don't know if she understood this reputation or not. And she, this was her first year teaching this class and she had been teaching freshman English. So I know she was dying to do something, you know, with some slightly older people and uh, really try to make a difference. The teacher was wackadoodle. She was out of her mind anyway. But to think that, you know, we're all going to learn something and even crazier than that, she tried to get us to learn something up until the last day of class. Now, they, the, ter- the term senioritis has a foundation in truth. I mean, we're seniors. We're done. We've gotten into the colleges we're getting into. We don't want to learn anymore. We just want to skate by. And the last week of school, all your finals are sooner than everybody else's because they know you've given up. And so that last day of class, all your finals are over. Everything is is done. And she's still trying to teach us something. So <laughs> we're in this last day of class. Uh, what she thought she would do was show us this movie uh, I think it's called The King of Hearts. It's about the, it's about this movie about how uh, the Nazis uh, clear out everybody in this town and the only people left in it are in an insane asylum, but they all escape from the insane asylum and go into the town and then this American soldier shows up and thinks everybody in the town is weird. And it's this great social commentary about, I don't know, war or something. And clearly, I learned a lot from this. But... I had already seen this movie for another class, so I knew all the questions that were going to be asked. So I didn't really even have to pay attention, nor was I gonna. Uh, But we're in this last day of class. We literally have 20 minutes left of our senior year. This is the last class of the day. And she starts asking us discussion questions about this movie we had seen. And it was dead silent. Like, nobody cared, nobody paid attention, just everybody had checked out. So I thought, all right, let's just get this over with so we can all just go home. And so, you know, she started asking us the discussion questions, and there was a long silence. And so I start offering up, I start regurgitating everything I had learned from earlier in the year. And the guy who uh, will remain nameless had shown up late Probably intoxicated. No, definitely intoxicated based on on his uh, response. Wakes up from his stupor just long enough to go, Oh, shut up! Yeah, it was great. It was almost Christian Bale-esque, you know, 20 years before. And boy, she laid into him. She started yelling at him and giving him the business. And I was just like, oh, come on. You're trying to shut down learning and how dare you? And You know, it's just like, look, can't we just, what are you doing? Come on. 
you're annoying and weird and it's 20 minutes left. Let's just go. But it was great because I actually got to ask him. And what was even crazier than that was I, I didn't, I was going to tell him the story, but he asked me about it. And then, you know, a couple of things happened, some interruptions, and I was all fine to let it go. But he really wanted to know the story. So I was, I was happy to tell him, but it was weird because I, I don't know, like in, in his, in, in his own head too, I think on some level he wanted to, he wanted to be clear about what he had done, or at least as far as the way I had remember him doing it. Uh, and uh, even though it was 20 years ago, he was still interested to know that little piece. And I guess if somebody had said, come up to me and said, do you know what crazy outrageous thing you did 20 years ago? I'd be like, uh, all right. Yeah, I, I kind of no, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? And uh, especially if I thought I might have been a little out of it. I think that would have made me want to know even more. But it's still, it was kind of, I was fine to let it go, which is a weird thing. Because I'm usually the one who's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I got to tell you this. You, 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 you did this crazy thing. Um, but it was fun. And it was great because I went in with my agenda and I got a ton of stuff cleared up. And it's, I'm a dweller. I'm somebody who hangs on to things um, and I just won't let them go. And I got one thing left to clear up and then... I am free of high school and all its bounds. It's only been a hundred years and I will be finally free of the shackles of high school. Yeah, right. Who are we kidding? All right. Uh, well, I guess I, I've eaten up just about a half an hour again. Still not coming anywhere close to the hour that I originally had hoped for, but whatever. Uh, well, I'll still try to do this and, and, uh, and make it interesting. Um, if you have comments, of course, we have the, the forum now set up. Uh, you can email me directly at saymynamebitch at ugtv.org and uh, leave your questions and comments, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get more. Uh, I, can, I can gain some inspiration from uh, anything that you might have to add. Okay, great. Well, from me, Tyler Durden, and the gang of Bright Brown, I'll say let's do this one more time. 